his first run and a good one. Williams outside, 15, keeps his feet, and Williams finds the end zone, and he is in for a touchdown. On second down, here's a toss. Here is Lucas. Jalen Lucas, that great speed, keeps his feet inside the 30. Lucas, 10, 5, touchdown, Indiana. It's Henderson cutting back and finding the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Welcome to the Elio podcast, everyone. Presented by, as you know, Big Banter. This is obviously not Michael Bragg. This is me, Brandon. You can follow me on X at mm-hmm. Brandon Dubich. That's Brandon spelled traditionally and Dubich spelled untraditionally. And for a co-host and a producer, we have producer set. If you haven't done it yet, you can unblock them for this week only and then and then go ahead and block him again. But for this week, go ahead and unblock him. He is on X at Sata Five, Seth. Are you ready to talk the Brominator? This is the butt hurt little brother bowl. <laughs> All right, we'll unpack that. I get half of that. That's actually one of my Brando's randos. So, um, but before that, we're going to cover some housekeeping because the website and the store are L I V E. They are live. If you are rolling up to Lucas Oil, if you are tailgating in downtown Indy, get a T-shirt, get a sticker. We're running 25% off all merch for the first season. Seriously, you got a few more months, and this is going to be done after that. Going to have to pay full price. As always, you can pick up your tailgate when you go see Bragg. You don't have to drink a beer. You don't have to take a shot, but it'd be a lot cooler if you did. So buy a shirt, buy a sticker, come hang out with Bragg. Um, You can follow us. We're on Instagram and threads. Um, I didn't check. I did a lot of research for this. I did not check to see if we're at 100 followers yet on Instagram. Are we there yet? I don't don't think so yet. I think we're getting closer, though. Um, We do have a Patreon, um, which is $5 a month. Um, with that $5 a month, you get 20% discount on top of your 25% discount. Literally be Patreon for a month and you will literally make money. Literally, seriously. Um, you get ex- exclusive player interviews, which we have two in the works, which is super exciting. Um, you get in-season reviews and some other stuff. Bragg is cooking. Um, so that is all the housekeeping. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this later. I, I, okay. I disagree with where he has this at. I think this will come up organically. All right. I'm audibling. Early audible. <laughs> first quarter audible off Bragg's amazing outline. Um, let's get into game number three. Who are we playing, Seth? Oh, it is. Uh, Louisville, Louisville, Louis, I, Louisville. It it all depends who you want to insult, right? If you want to insult the South, Louisville. If you want to insult the English, Louisville. And if you just want to make fun of the city, call it Louisville, because they hate that the most. 
I used to travel and work in Lou, uh, Louisville a lot. And if you would call it Louisville, they are triggered. Um, so, yeah, we are playing U of L um, this Saturday at noon at Lucas Oil Stadium. TV is at BTN. The line, we were going to be talking about this a lot because, as you know, listeners and Seth, I love gambling. This 10-point line is bananas, B-A-Yana-Yanas, um, with an over-under of 50 and a half. There is a series count. That is why Bragg does these outlines, because I would have never looked this up. Um, and IU leads to nothing. Quick trivia that I don't know the answer to. Uh, over under 12 schools that IU has a lead over in its series. Are we saying like modern day division one teams or are we talking like, yes, they used to play some not Indiana state. That's, you know, we're seven and oh, I would say by the sheer grace of numbers, it has to be 20. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a big number. Uh, but anyway, anyway, for this, for this point, hey, you, you know, it doesn't matter who wins or loses this game. We still lead the series. As Purdue fans, you guys like to talk about that a lot, so we won't talk about it anymore. Uh, um, their head coach, maybe you heard of him, Jeff Brom. Seth, we can talk about this. We can talk about this civilly or uncivilly. We'll see how it goes. What are your thoughts about Brom leaving? Since you weren't on the Louisville prep pod, you knew I was going to ask it. And if you didn't know, shame on you. What What do you think? Give so, me your ones and twos. Did I appreciate what did it at Purdue? Absolutely. Am I mad that he left? Not really. Everything while he was at Purdue was about Jeff Brom. Everything. It was all Brom centric. Everything was what look what Jeff Brom did here. Look what Jeff Brom did to this guy. Look what and you know, that's great and everything. But there was always the threat of him leaving you for a hotter girl. Um, and he left you for like meh. And so like part ooh, of ooh, ooh, I, I got an analogy. He didn't he left so someone equally attractive that just had more money. Literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like like you probably have a little bit, you know, Purdue was a little bit more charm, a mm-hmm. little bit more class left for a big city girl that's got more money. Yeah. And so I'm not, not any better looking, in my opinion, no better looking. No, there, there's no upside other than the personal ties. Obviously, personal ties. I get it. I won't say anything wrong with that. If, if that's where you want to be, if that's where your hometown is, that's where you went to college. Fine. I get it. I won't piss on that. But I'm also not pissed that he left. I don't have, I think that Ryan Walters for two games has been fine. I'm not, you know, you, you think he's a joke and that's okay. You're allowed to think that until he whoops your ass. Um, but <laughs> the, the whole thing is, is I, I don't miss him. I also yeah. don't miss him. And what he did against Georgia tech, meh, 39, 34, he beat a bottom feeder in the ACC in his first game. He shut out a terrible Murray state team, 56, nothing. I don't, Okay, fine. I don't miss you at all. So here's the thing that I don't think was talked about enough. Even I don't I think it was a lateral move. 
I, I don't think it was an 100%. upgrade. A lot of people think it was an upgrade. He went to a worse conference. That That's the bigger thing is even if it's a lateral move, it's to an inferior conference. There's that no will be that. drawn out. Like, I assume he thinks this is going to be his last job. I think in his own mind, this is where he's here for 20, 25 years. You know what the ACC is going to be in five years? Definitely like, in 10 years. Underwater. Nothing. Nada. Now, I don't think Louisville, Louisville probably doesn't get left in the dark. Um, realistically, they'll, they'll they'll wind up somewhere. But, like, I can't imagine leaving the Big Ten right now for not SEC. That's just insane. Like, the amount of money that – and I know, you know, Purdue – is is a little bit um you know doesn't spend as much as some of the other big no, teams. sure we're 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 cheap and tacky it's fine you can say it right but why would you leave a cash cow like why are you leaving the number one conference in money i don't yeah. get it it, it has get to it. be it's a retirement job this is his this is his forever home if he goes somewhere else he's a coward he's a loser he's a chicken shit um but if this is where he ends up and he's happy that's totally fine I'm happy for him. I could care less. There we go. All right. Uh, let's jump to their quarterback. Uh, <laughs> oh, first, here we go. First, <laughs> let's cover two. their offense. I, I got to read. Uh, Bragg did some homework, so I got to read the homework. They currently have the number four total offense and the number 13 scoring offense. That means a nothing to me. Um, literally throw it out the window. You played Georgia Tech and Murray State. Now, people, maybe Louisville fans are listening to this and they say, well, then throw away Indiana. You we don't like Indiana you. St- we don't care. Let's turn it off. We at least played Suck. Ohio State. That's a, like all the stats. Indiana State, throw it away. I mean, honestly, we covered it in the last pod. There's not a thing. There's not a thing to gleam away from that other than a W. Um, but we played. IU has played a real team. A real being the number four total offense. Don't care. 13 scoring offense. Don't care. And let me tell you why. And it starts with quarterback Jake Plummer. You recognize that name? That's not familiar at all to you? A little bit. Tell us about it. Tell us about this quarterback. This vagabond, this drifter, this highway plainsman. Um, yeah, I think he's originally from Arizona. He's not Jack. He's not the no. whole Plummer thing. It's not. They're from Arizona, all that stuff, but they're not related. He came to Purdue. He was there for three years. He was constantly battling for the position, never got it. Eventually, AOC took over, took over the reins. He pumps up to California, of all places. Doesn't really do that much there, but essentially entrenches himself as a starter. Now he's in his like sixth year, I think, and he has followed the prodigal son back to Louisville um, with his coach, uh, who originally recruited him out of high school. So that's a that's a bit of a of a journey. He's there's nothing special about him. He is a boilerplate generic quarterback. He he runs a little bit. He throws a little bit. Brom Brom's offense is a is a, it's a matchup offense. So you know he's going to try to isolate specific players that he thinks are going to win uh, individual one on one matchups. He's going to leverage people. He doesn't. He'll go deep just enough to keep you honest. It's not a real attempt necessarily. But Jake Plummer is just vanilla putting at quarterback there's nothing exciting about him but he exists and he doesn't really screw up enough to really put you in a bunch of negative positions even though he has three interceptions on the season and two of them were against murray state so i say all that 
I have no idea what you're gonna get. He oh, could... I think he's I think he's dog doo doo. Let me yeah. and, and, and let, let me show you why. He's had basically two seasons, right? If you if you mm-hmm. don't count this small sample size, right? Let's tell you 2019, 60% completion percentage, basically one to one touchdown to interception at a seven yard average. Last year, 2022, threw for 63% at a seven yard average at about a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. That right there, that's over 700 passing attempts. What is he? What is he? He is a 60% thrower with a two to one average. He's Richard Legault. That's what he is. So maybe worse. I've done some message board searching, and and what I'll say is nobody's going to say anything bad about Jake Plumber. He's a nice guy. He does everything fine. But what you won't see is anybody clamoring for him. Oh, my God. Purdue fans can't believe he got away. Oh, my God. Golden Bear fans can't believe he got away. Everybody moved on. Everyone's fine. Yeah. He also looks 35. Mm Mm-hmm. This guy, and not that it matters at all. Actually, I'd probably prefer my quarterbacks to be a little uglier. This is bad looking dude. Um, bad looking dude. Should have stayed at Purdue. JK, JK. Um, all right. So let's get into his 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 one game because uh, you know he did not play well against um against Indiana State, but that game doesn't matter. So let's. Have you looked at all? Have you done some stat reading into his game against Georgia Tech? I watched it live. Okay. I did not watch it live. So so tell me if maybe these stats lie a little bit then, because he, in my opinion, not very good. I mean, so what I saw was a sloppy, was two sloppy teams who had no idea what they were doing. Um, I could throw out a bunch of quotes from the dodgeball movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, at a 58% completion percentage for eight yards. No, and, and Georgia Tech's not a good team, so it's not like they were going up against some kind of Herculean juggernaut. Defense. It was, it was two, it was a sloppy field. It was two teams who were just barely trying to figure things out. It was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do any comparisons, um, but it, it just wasn't a pretty sight. It was bad football. They put up a bunch of, you know, the you put up points and it kind of pretties up an ugly score, um, but it was not good football. I mean, literally down twenty eight thirteen at half. That that happens this Saturday. Tell you what, that defense isn't giving up that many straight points. I use defense isn't giving up what Georgia Tech gave up. I don't fear Jake Plummer at all. Um, not that McCord was any good, but Jake Plummer is worse than McCord, and you saw the fits. I use defense gave McCord. I think Jake Plummer is gonna have a super, super tough day. Um let's move on to two guys that do scare me. Um and that is Jawar, Jawar, Jahar, Jahar Jordan. Um, you know, he's casually averaging 17 yards a, a run. Um, and he absolutely tore up Georgia Tech, including a 74-yard touchdown. Um, and then his running mate, Isaac Guer- Guerrero, also averaging five yards a carry and is just a massive big play guy. Um this is where I'm concerned. Is that warranted, Seth? Yeah, I think that's what, you know, when, when you lack an explosive passing game, you have to rely on some kind of running game. And that's what they've 
kind of relied on here or there. What they could do whatever they wanted to do against Murray State. The Georgia Tech game is the only game really worth watching if you're going to compare yeah. what they might do. Um, and and the way that they were able to get things going was on the ground again. It was it was kind of a sloppy field, so they weren't really putting the ball in motion that much, or sorry, in the air that much. Um, so it, it you know in the early part of the season, they're definitely going to rely on that run game. He's installing a brand new offense, um, so I'd expect that to continue. But in week three, probably a little bit more. Uh, you know, expansive in the passing game, but but I expect them to still continue to lean heavily on the combination of uh, Jordan and Garendo. Yeah, um, but let's go back because it's the only game that so we're we're hammering on the Georgia Tech game a lot. Let's go to Ohio State's game. They ran the ball thirty-one times for one forty or one forty-three and four point six. If you look at Georgia Tech or at Louisville, they throw the ball about 30 times and run the ball 30 times. I think right now, I'd sign in blood if uh, they ran for 31 times for 143 yards. There's no way Louisville wins the game if they run the ball 31 times and only get 143 yards. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. They're they're looking for about a... 200-plus. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That really installs a, a a mindset that they're going to dominate the the line of scrimmage. It's not something that a lot of Brom teams have done traditionally over the last few years, um, but if they are able to do that, that's going to be a huge difference in this game. I, you're this. I hate to say it, but this is a game you're going to want to watch the trenches, and and whoever dominates the line of scrimmage is going to have a very that's going to be a very big indicator as to who ultimately has the most points. For for sure, right? Like, I, so looking at this game. They have a worse quarterback than Ohio State. They have running backs that aren't as talented, and if we can limit Louisville to what we gave up against Ohio State, that's setting up pretty good. Um, They do have one dynamic pass catcher um, who seems to get big plays almost every game. That is Jamari Thrash. What an awesome name. Um, that should be on the all name team, especially for a wide receiver, 10 catches, 170 yards. Um, as you guys know, I struggle with math, but I'm pretty sure that's a 17 yard average with three tutties all ready. But you know why this guy doesn't scare me? We've played better wide receivers already. This is not a Mecca. This is not Marvin, right? Um, what they're good at. They're not as good as Ohio State. That's just what I like. Michael has WTF. What is this team? This is a worse version of Ohio State. In a game that should have been seven to three if Tom, at halftime, if Tom Allen doesn't lose his mind and decide going for it on like the 42 yard line. This team is the 2019 Purdue team. Ooh, okay. I don't think I remember that 2019. I think minus. Tell us a little bit about that. I think minus Rondale Moore. They were just a team that lacked an identity. I mean, they could win games against teams that were inferior. Um, I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now. Unfortunately, I just might be talking on my ass until then. I could have the wrong year. It's okay. It's what I do every pod. But it was it was a Jake Plummer year. That that's that's the reason I said it because that was the year I think you said that he he started a few games for Purdue. it was a team that was just trying not to turn the ball over. It was a team that defensively was was kind of, you know, bare bones for the most part. was 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 a lot of duct tape and and smoke and mirrors. 
And when, that's what I saw when I saw the Georgia Tech games. I saw a team that didn't have any kind of cohesion. It didn't have any identity. They were just trying to throw shit against the wall and see what stuck. And because Georgia Tech was so bad, a lot of it ended up working. And the reason it was 28 to 13 in the first half was because a lot of it wasn't working. And they were really trying to figure it out. They figured out a groove. Um, so now if you look at the last six quarters, you know, it's <laughs> I think they've outscored them. What is it like? Um I think it's like 70 plus 70 plus to seven. Um, yeah. So if that's the trajectory that they're actually on, you know, God bless them. They're going to be, a, <laughs> they're going to be trouble. Yeah. I just, I not. think, I think it's, a, I think it's fool's gold. I think they're going to be better than probably what they look like against Georgia tech because they've had two extra weeks to practice. But at the same time, there's just nothing there to get excited about. And I think we've said that about a lot of rosters and we look up and down. We're like, you know, you look at Ohio state, you look at Michigan, you look at Penn state, you're like, Oh my God, it's just dripping with potential NFL players. It's, it's dripping with, with premium prospects we've heard about during the recruiting process. I look at Louisville and I'm like, Oh, refried beans, retread from, from Texas tech. You know, it's, it's just, it's a lot of stuff that sure. If you throw it into a bag, mix it up, Maybe it'll make it a magic, but it it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and we'll see if it ends up being something. And I think IU is going to go a long way to determine whether or not they're a valid team or not, or if this is just the first two weeks of kind of puffery. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I want to cover the defense real quick. Um, Bragg has them as the number 60 total defense and the number 43 um, scoring defense. Um, guys, I'm going to be a broken record. I apologize, but I just, I can't get this out of my mind that, they're not as good on offense as Ohio state and they're not as good as defense. Cause I know what a lot of people are thinking like, Oh, Brandon, we lost 23 to three. We got our butts kicked against Ohio state. Well, we were in that game for a long time. So if you're telling me Louisville isn't going to score 23 points and they're going to give up more than three points, that margin for win starts getting closer and closer and closer. Um, so nothing about their defense scares me at all. They don't get a ton of turnovers. Um, their rushing defense is 83rd. I think that's notable. I think I don't want to pull a complete Michigan State where we throw the ball seven times. But this needs to be a 40-plus rush game. This needs to be, if you get about 65, 70 plays, this needs to be 40 to 45 runs and 20 to 25 passes. You need to pass them to keep it honest because you can't run a high school offense. Um, I say that with us talking about Georgia Tech a lot. Um, but but yeah, I mean, this they're bad on rushing defense. And you have three legitimate runners in Christian Turner, Josh Henderson, Jalen Lucas, and four runners in Taven Jackson. Run, run them east-west, run them north-south, run them everywhere on this team. Um I'm loving what I'm seeing at at least a 30,000 foot view. What about you? No, I think you're spot on. One of the things I noticed that Georgia Tech, they, they don't run the traditional triple option like they used to. They're still definitely a, a kind of a spread shotgun option team. Um, but they they showed you the template for how to attack them defensive or sorry, offensively. And it is to run the ball and to run the ball over and over again. Give them a variety of looks, throw in the option, throw in the dives, get wide, you know, test all the different layers of or test every gap of the defense. Um, so I really think that's the way is looking a lot of that game film and trying to figure out how to exploit those matchups in the run game. And the good news is coming off the game against Indiana State, who should be very confident 
in their ability to run the football and the ability to move uh, defenders off the ball, the Hoosier offensive line. Um, so you have to think that this is a game where you have high, uh, you know, high, uh, high intensity, high esteem, and and expect them to really inf- uh, impose their will. Yep. No. No. Totally. Uh, let's get the IU players to watch because you just named mine. Okay, well, then that's all we're going to talk about, because that's the only thing I put down is this game is going to be game one in the trenches. There is no I mean, the sexy thing is the yards, the touchdowns, all that stuff. And I always complain about how they they never show the full 22 on ESPN, BTN, Fox. They're always terrible about it. But this is the game where you want to watch the line of scrimmage. That's all I can say. And knock on wood, I mean, we won't know because uh, because of Nick Saban, um, we'll never know another injury ever again. But I mean, largely through eight quarters of football, clean bill of health on the offensive line and held up. Well, I mean, at least in pass, bro, not so much in running, but held up fine against Ohio State. Didn't completely get blown off uh, the line. Coach Bosted can cement his ground. If he can just road grade Louisville, absolutely road grade them. Um, you know, I had two other names down and it was Christian Turner and Josh Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jalen Lucas is going to get his Jalen Lucas is probably going to have 200 total yards. If you count in returns and, and total touches um, Jalen Lucas, you don't need to watch him because he's going to be on the screen a lot. Look to see if Henderson's falling forward, Turner's getting yards after contact, because if you can combine those two things, the offensive line pushing the line back a couple yards and the running backs falling forward, you're now looking at second and five, second and four. And the playbook is wide open. What you don't want is Taven starting his first game ever staring at third and eights, Mm -hmm. third and twelves, second and tens. It's what you don't want, especially not at home. I know, know this isn't a neutral site. Louisville's going to dominate that stadium. I don't want to make this a big discussion. They are. They're, they're going to dominate the stadium. If you ever go downtown for when Louisville plays in Indian basketball, they're, they're, they're going to overrun the town. It's just going to happen. It's going to be annoying, whatever. But Henderson, Turner, and the offensive line, if they're getting ahead of the sticks, ahead of uh, the play calls, I generally I can't see how IU loses this game. Yeah, the, the big stat everyone looks at is yards after contact. I think the one thing that you're going to want to look at here is yards before contact. If you're okay. seeing it, well, they don't really keep track of it, but it's something right. you can visually track is if if it if it's three or four yards down the field before they're even getting contacted by a defender, that's that's what you want to see. It's it's when Josh Henderson is trying to dodge a tackler before he even gets to the line of scrimmage and then he's falling forward and it's like oh that's the toughest one and a half yard run i've ever seen in my life um and then there's other times where you know he's two and a half yards downfield before he even has to make the first juke into the ground to make a defender miss um so i think that's really you know that's the thing they that they lacked against ohio state they weren't really getting a lot of penetration but there was no holes beyond the line of scrimmage so really seeing where that develops and how that offensive line gels together is going to be a huge uh, stepping stone for if this team uh, ends up being a 30 point per game score or 20 point per game score. It's huge to penetrate the holes. Can't agree more. Um, one thing that, again, I, again, I think we both agree this game is going to be one on the ground, but in stats, 
Georgia Tech got three monster plays. 43-yard, 48-yard, and I think 70-some-yard pass play. They gave up six plays of over 25 yards through the air. What does the run set up, Seth? Play action pass. What has Taven Jackson shown he has? Deep threat capacity. Boom. Louisville has shown that they give it up. We have a quarterback that can throw it, and we're going to establish the run. Take. I want at least five to six shots downfield. Not in the first quarter, maybe not in the second quarter, but at least five or six total when the run has set up the pass. Let Taven just huck it, chuck it, football. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. Um, And for me, Plummer is already, in my opinion, not very good. If Andre Carter gets over two and a half sacks, this game's done. This game is, if he can make Plummer uncomfortable, which he already looks uncomfortable as a human, but if you can make him uncomfortable at the quarterback position, again, the script seems easy, Seth. So Andre Carter, for me, is the guy you want to watch. Now, they've only given up two sacks, but they've played Murray State and Georgia Tech, right? They haven't faced anyone like Andre Carter the entire year. They may not first anyone um, against Andre Carter the whole year. Um, he's the one you're going to want to watch um, as you want to almost every time. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I took the back end is I went with the cornerbacks and the safeties because I think that, again, as I said before, Brom likes to isolate and find the matchups. He's going to find whoever they think the weakness is, and then uh, he's going to try to exploit them over and over again. So whoever he thinks that person is, uh, we need to find it, or we need to find it and figure out what the adjustment is in the second half to make sure that gets shut down. For sure. That's the only way they came back in the Georgia Tech game was big plays. Right, absolutely. All right. We need to get the predictions. We need to get to final statements. So I'm going to do a little bit of an abridged version of Brando's Randos because I had like seven of them. Oh, boy. Um, but my first one is make this line make sense. It doesn't. There, there is no sense to it. So I, I the, can't wrap the, my head around it. The, the line at Georgia Tech was seven, mm-hmm. right? And if you assume the home team gets three points... Mm-hmm. That's a four point line in the neutral field. Mm-hmm. So, so is Vegas telling me IU is a six point worse team than Georgia Tech? And they're telling you that the road team, like it, 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 it makes no. In my mind, if you if 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 you back that up, right, this should be a seven point spread because base. If they just say, "Hey, Vegas thinks we're Georgia Tech," which is fine. You just lose the three points of the of the home of the home field advantage, and it's a seven point spread. Yeah, ten well, is a hammer. When we talked about absolute this, absolute hammer. Well, I think our goal, I think our thought process was three to six. I think that was kind of our range. Um, yep. So, so ten is ten is a little surprising. Yep. So, what are your thought? It because I have I'm torn. Games on neutral sites. I see all the other programs do it. They love it. They all seem like an electric atmosphere. But you're also taking away college football, which is which is home field. What are your thoughts on 
college neutral site games. Yeah or nay? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're a blue blood program, it makes a lot of sense because you can bring people no matter where you are. When you're an up and coming program or your program trying to establish yourself, it takes away any momentum that you're possibly creating by hosting a home game and creating a home environment. So for me, it sucks for you guys because you don't have the prestigiousness to go out there and show up and bring out 40,000 people and you know fill out the stands. Um, so as of now, it lo- it's going to end up being, like you said, a bit of a Louisville takeover. Um, and so ultimately it ends up being, a it doesn't benefit you guys at all. Um, so, you know, I hate, I hate to say it that way, but, uh, I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. And it's a shame. Yep. All right. Uh, last one here. Bragg travels to a lot of games. I'm going to Vegas next weekend to go check out their new stadium. How do you think Lucas oil stands up versus other uh, professional stadiums. It's completely boring. It's heartless. It has absolutely no personality. It is an absolute. The only thing that they give any personality to is the window and the roof. And Jim Ursay decides week in, week out to absolutely make the wrong decision with opening the roof or opening the windows. Um, so it ends up being just this claustrophobic giant cinder block. I hate it. It's ugly. It's an eyesore. Jim Ursay sucks. Oh, sorry. Well, that wasn't the question. I agree. It's the most forgettable stadium in all the NFL. No personality. I've been to about half the stadiums uh, in, in the NFL. Now, it's a, it, there's not really a bad view. It's clean. It's, but it's boring. Nice. It's so Indiana. It is just, it's nice. It's normal. It's fine. Meh. It's Nothing so forgettable. Special. It is so forgettable. Um, Nobody right, has cool. it on their bucket list. Nobody's like, I, I gotta go to Lucas Oil before I die. I gotta, I gotta watch them. I bet people do that. People go do. to Lucas Oil and forget they go to Lucas yeah. Oil. All right, you ready for the sack? <laughs> uh, let's go to the sack. All right, these are all yes or no questions for the most part. The wheat fire. Where, where does Louisville belong? They're a school without a conference, right? Like they don't belong in the ACC. They were in the Metro originally. They were in CUSA for a while. Like, they're the they Big Twelve team. They're, they're, they're no defense, all offense. All pizzazz. They're, they're they're a Big Twelve team. Unless in a bowl game or further changes of conference realignment, IU and Louisville never play again, right? No. Okay. Uh, nope. If if Brom was available and the IU job was open, would you want him coaching your team or even considered on the short list? No. Okay. Let's get into predictions. No, I, and, 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 and let me, I mean, I'll add a little because con- uh, it's me. You know, I have to add a little context. You know, he's always looking to go somewhere else. And, and IU can't be a revolving door program because if we're not good enough. If Louisville if, fired him, he went to IU, he'd still look for Louisville to open up again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> no, I do think I do think he's a fine coach. I think he'd do fine at IU, but you don't hire somebody knowing they'll leave within a four to five year cycle, especially at IU when you have to completely reset. No way. All right. Can't do it. Let's get through predictions real quick. I had in the opening one 27-17 Louisville which ends yeah. up being right on where the uh, not where the over under is necessarily, but where the spread is. I would probably like to go back on that and make it a little bit closer. I would still have IU losing, but maybe have IU with an extra touchdown. Uh, Brandon had IU 20 Louisville 17. Defend yourself. So do you still think do you still think they win? Are have are we are we on that plane? I do, but I'm thinking I'm thinking this game becomes a little bit more of a shootout. Ooh. I mean, that's what Vegas thinks. I think this game is IU 27, 
Louisville 23. Okay. Still taking an IU win. I just think Louisville's defense is genuinely bad. Right? I don't disagree. Yeah. And and I think they put up as many points as Ohio State because they probably get an explosive player too that I or Ohio State didn't. Sure. So like I I I have them score. I had them at seventeen. I think they'll score more than seventeen. I don't really see how they score because I think Plummer's going to have a rough day. I think the IU run defense clogs it up. Um, I I actually think um iu gets up big like georgia tech did and then has to hold on for dear freaking life but i do think iu wins this game money line plus 285 that's almost four to one take iu and you guys know i'm not a homer and if you're iu in this game and if you're feeling extra fancy add the over because bragg thinks it's going to be a high scoring game he has it at iu 34 louisville 33 so if you want to feel frisky Apparently, it's IU money line and the over from Bragg. That, there we go. There we go. Uh, and Bragg has been right every time. I mean, He's two I, for I, two so far. I mean, and he, I feel like he always cleans up, um, mm. at least with IU prediction. For being as homer as he is, he seems to always clean up. Um, final statements, Bragg will be at this game. Um, uh, I will not be, my son just had, uh, some, uh, minor surgery and outpatient surgery, but I'm not, I'm not going to leave him three days after surgery. So I will not be there, but Bragg will be, he will be at the bullseye event group for the IU pregame rally. So you can join him there and other Hoosier fans at the IU only pregame visit bullseye IU official tailgate. All right, here we go. Um, Final words here, outro. Be sure to check out the pod on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. It's always at Podcast LEO. And make sure to follow our new partner, Big Banter Sports. They put out a ton of content. Not only do they have 28 sports podcasts, but they also have in, uh, updates and rankings uh, for everyone. Um, and I'm not going to say they, the crappy teams in our conference because I don't want that to infuriate everybody. Right. Uh, but be sure to download, follow, rate, and review on all of our platforms. Hey, guys, join us again. Can't wait. We are going to do this uh, podcast again and a review. So check us out when Bragg and I are right to bring over Hoosier victory. Guys, we love you as always. Elio. Elio. He said it. We got it in.